guys. Welcome to episode 43 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. My name is Jakai Mickelson, uh, independent graphic designer, independent filmmaker. I design things and make movies. That's what I do. <laughs> um, well, we have we have a pretty cool show today for you guys. We're going to obviously talk about the sports ball thing that happened on Sunday, which was pretty big for Atlanta. Yeah, pretty big deal. Pretty big Great deal. Great finale for the Georgia Dome. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty awesome. And uh, we were actually together for, for that. We were at a, a party at a, a friend's house and got to um, eat some really awesome food and have a couple of drinks and hang out with everybody and watch pure awesomeness. I don't know what I was watching, but it seemed awesome and people were clapping. So it seemed, yes. seemed good. Oh, oh, well, we were on a, a tornado watch, right? So, yep. I mean, Really a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty big day. Pretty big day. And, and I won, um, I don't even know technically what it was called that I won, but I won the thing with the sheet where the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the grid game, right? Yeah. Where it's, it's almost like, it's almost a football score bingo. I'm yeah. sure there's a much more official name for it than that, <laughs> but, uh, I officially lost my man card by not knowing the actual name of it. So... Sorry to not be of more help. <laughs> well, but congratulations right. on your victory. Thank you. Thank you. I, I still haven't decided where I'm going to spend my winnings on, but I'm pretty <laughs> excited about it. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, that was pretty awesome. And speaking of winning things, I also won Project Cosplay last week, which was pretty epic. And you got to see that, too. I know. I was there. Both my wife and I were there for that. So it's it's been a very Emma centric week this week <laughs> you guys are gonna get so tired of me <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh my our, our son seems to like you quite a bit which is kind of fun you've <laughs> you've spent uh, a lot of time hanging out with our son zach's and you, even though you don't typically hang out with babies <laughs> not not typically it's he's yeah. the first the first baby i've hung out with and I'm I'm just really glad he didn't throw up on me on Sunday. So that was a victory for me. He did get he did get you a little bit. A little but, bit. Uh, he got yeah, the side of the side of my chair. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another cool thing that happened actually last night, I was at the Atlanta Magazine party, which was celebrating the year of film, which I guess is the uh, the Georgia Tourism's kind of initiative for 2017. Last year, it was a uh, year of music, and they were really focusing on all the awesome music that the state has to offer and the local bands and musicians here. And this year, of course, um, we have a lot of things that film here, and uh, tourism here of course with Atlanta movie tours and and other um, companies that benefit off of all of the filming that takes place in the state um, that's going to be a big focus for the different parts of the state that focus on tourism the different tourism boards and that was celebrated last night at the Atlanta History Center and they unveiled the the cover of their magazine which is out uh, today the new Atlanta magazine it of course has got um, Ian Summerholder on the cover who is in Vampire Diaries which film here in Conyers and is in the the I think the very final few episodes that they're they're filming in that series before it'll officially wrap but um that was a really cool event and um Irony Singleton from The Walking Dead uh came out T-Dog represent T-Dog was there as as was his lovely wife and uh we got to kind of catch up a little bit and gonna see those guys again um in about a month in London so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun 
but uh, it was a great night. The food was incredible. The uh, the atmosphere was incredible. The music was incredible. Everything was just super awesome. And it was a huge crowd. And I didn't really know who was going to be there initially. Uh, but it was a bunch of kind of government officials. And uh, like I mentioned, different different counties or different cities, tourism uh, board people. I don't know their official titles, but they work in tourism. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, our, our pals at Atlanta Movie Tours were there as well. So it was a it was a pretty cool night. Pretty, very cool. cool yeah, night. that's uh, looked like a very exciting gala. Is it, it is it technically a gala? I don't know. I but don't, it looked cool. I don't know. I'm I'm getting actually when we finish recording this, I'm headed off to something that is officially dubbed a gala, which is with the opening night of the Atlanta uh, Jewish Film Festival, which is going to be yes. up at the Cobb Galleria tonight. Is uh, Alone in Berlin, which I've heard great things about that film, and so we'll have a review of that next week on the podcast. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty busy stuff happening. And I leave next Monday for Albuquerque for a set visit for Midnight Texas, which is a new NBC series. I think that premieres at the end of February. I'll get an exact date on that. But yeah, it's. I feel like 2017 is now officially in full swing. It is officially in full swing. <laughs> Sorry, I went there because of, you know, it, uh, it's full. I, we're, we are not a political podcast, but it is. Entertainment is awesome. <laughs> and there's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. That also happened since our last podcast. We, we now have a new president. Um, yeah. And what is more impressive to me than anything political that's happened, although I guess it, it kind of was a political statement, um, the sizes of all the marches that happened uh, last Saturday was pretty incredible. I was watching the the videos of that, and not only here in the the U.S., but you know, in different places across the world, London and Paris and Australia and all of these other countries that were that had huge turnouts too to you know support women's rights, and it was really impressive. And I think I read a stat that said one in five women in America were present at the. Uh, at the marches, which is a just an incredible amount of of people that turned out for that. That's just incredible. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I think that's really good. I think it's a power statement, powerful statement. Um, but to put on a serious hat for a moment, I think that's only worth something if people actually really follow through and follow up and and actually take action for for the stuff that they actually believe in. Um, I I agree. I and I think um, this time around, and typically, you know, I'm kind of on the outskirts of politics because it's it's never really been where I played, but I just feel like there's just fundamental things that are happening that are 100% against what is deeply me. Even like, you know, what he just signed about the the executive order about the pipeline and stuff. Um, yeah. And just everything that's happening so fast is like, even as I stand here, I, it just makes me sick to my stomach. All, you know, and I like just my core beliefs and what I believe in are just one after another being knocked down by this by this person. Yeah. So, um, it's uh, it's gonna be um, what I really hope though, seriously, is uh, that I think that all the marches and stuff are a great example of what people can do if they get together and believe in something together. I just I always get fearful of it's all hype and no execution. Right, right, and right? I do, I so. do feel like uh, a lot of the things that I was seeing in the media, you know, people talking about the march and interviewing people who are connected to the march. That was one of the things, probably one of the main things they were talking about. Like all yeah. of this is is really great, but what does it actually mean? What is going to right. be the action that's taken because of this? 
Um, and it seemed like just what I've seen on Facebook, it seems like there's trying to be or, or you know, a lot of a lot of the people that went to these these marches are trying to organize and trying to do something on a continual basis to be able to um, kind of continue this momentum and, and keep this something that's at the front of people's minds. So hopefully um, that will actually pan out and we'll actually see some action come from come from that. Well, that's that's uh, that's pretty much the mo- like the, the silver lining that I try to find in this whole thing is that people that typically would not be involved, I think, are starting to get involved and they're realizing right. kind of how important it is. So I'm hoping that that means all of a sudden smarter people will prevail right. or, or, you know, level headed people will prevail, which whichever it is. That's that's what I'm hoping for. But I tell you not to get too overly dramatic. I look at my son and I'm like, man, I really hope we can. We can keep the peace here. Yeah. Anyways. Now, same page. I think it's one one thing that is, you know, trying to look at the silver lining of this, you know, when a lot of people kind of, um, you know, I, I always said that one thing that would bring the world together was if we had like an alien attack or something, you know, where we all had to come together and work together for the greater good and not right. like comparing Trump to like an alien attack or anything, but I do feel like a lot of people are worried and they are coming together. And like you said, it's people that wouldn't normally, you know, come together and and come out and march and take a stand and do something. So it is good to see, you know, that kind of united presence of people working together for for a greater good. Well, I think I think it's kind of made a lot of ugliness bubble to the surface that I think maybe a lot of us kind of took for granted as no longer being there just because it hadn't bubbled to our surface for a while, if that makes any sense. Right. Um, so I think, uh, again, I, I think it's actually opened some pretty good dialogue. I've, I've read a few things on Facebook that have kind of hit me hard as, as a privileged white guy. Um, but I, I like weirdly, I think that's important, um, especially as all this happens, because it's really easy to just take your own vantage point. And right. think that's that's what it is. So, um, yeah. So to your point, I think the marches were, were uh, powerful. I think it shows um, a lot of unity. Um, and I'm just hoping that, again, that, that it, it wasn't for show. And, and maybe when this is all done, it'll be a better thing. But everything, it's like everything that this guy is putting into place scares the crap out of me like the the education director like who can't it's just one thing after another and it's all stuff that i really don't know anything about but all of a sudden i find myself trying to learn about it right so i can because the thing all right if i can go full bore conspiracy theory for just one moment okay do it the thing that scares the crap out of me right is like that we're all looking at this parrot everybody look at the parrot like this crazy stuff that donald trump is doing and tweeting and everything that he's doing like meanwhile just stage left like who is being put into power? Right. You know, it's like it's it, that's the thing that scares the crap out of me. So that's why I'm trying to kind of like not get too fed up on the f- tweets or whatever. But uh, like, okay, so what what's actually being built here? Right. Um, which again, I, it makes me a very irresponsible uh, person because I've never really taken the time to do that before. Right. So, anyways, yay the Oscars. <laughs> The Oscars. Uh, Yeah, no, that came out this morning, the nominations. And I was pretty happy when I got a CNN alert this morning that said La La Land tied Titanic. And it was one other film um, for the most nominations ever for for a film at the Oscars, which is pretty freaking incredible. 
Um, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Yeah, uh, I just saw it too because I hadn't heard of it either, but uh, now I can't find it. I just had it in front of me. Uh, 14. Okay, so La La Land received 14 Academy Award nominations, oh. tying the record set by Titanic and All About Eve. Yeah, what is uh, All About Eve? That must be an older film. If only Mike was here, he would know exactly. Only Mike will know. We'll get a full description from, from Mike following today's podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> we should check it oh. out, though. It sounds like it's a good film if it got 14 nominations. It's a film from 1950, which would explain why it's not on the top of my list of knowing abouts. <laughs> well, it seems like it should be a classic if it had that much um, award attention around it. But, uh... Yeah, there was a lot of film. I don't know if there was any real big surprises. Uh, I'm kind of looking through all the nominations now, and it's it's basically what you would expect um, if you watch the the uh, the Golden Globes. Uh, Best picture nominations are Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. And I, I got to give credit where credit is due, Emma, because you actually called Arrival as one that would probably be nominated. Yeah. La La Land, like, I, I guess I should give you some credit because I, I don't know if you've gotten a tattoo yet. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, just trying to figure out where to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So La La Land is obviously uh, one that you've been uh, been rooting for. But no, I was like seeing Arrival on the list. I was like, oh, Emma called it. Yep. So. Yep. It's a it's such a great movie. Uh, that's probably my my second favorite film from last year behind La La Land. It was Arrival is really smart and they play with the you know the notion and the idea of what time is in a in a way that's really intelligent. And I know we we reviewed it and all in the podcast before, but uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth seeing and and seeing before before the Oscars so you'll have a good feel for it I don't it's not obviously it's not going to win La La Land it's going to be between La La Land and possibly Moonlight because this isn't a situation in which we have Mm. you know um, the the dramas separated from the the comedies and the uh, the musicals so this is this is just for best picture and Moonlight has a lot of buzz behind it and of course if you remember last year at the Oscars there weren't a lot of uh, films, a lot of roles for African-Americans that were really great last year. So we didn't see, uh, you know, um, a presence of that at the Oscars. And so that's kind of been a thing this year where we're seeing there were a lot of great roles between Moonlight and um, Fences and Hidden Figures. There were just so much, so much great cinema there and so many great roles for African-Americans. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that that plays out, because Hollywood is a very political space when it comes to to all of this. And it's definitely a, a hot subject right now. Who uh, who's hosting the Oscars this year? Is that announced yet? Jimmy Kimmel. Really? Okay, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, him. it's going to yeah, air okay. on uh, February 26th on ABC. And I think we have what else? Do we have any other any other notes here? Um, Viggo Mortensen. He's up for lead actor. Everything that I actually thought, like, I'm not surprised by any of these looking at looking through them. Um I, I could probably we should make predictions. I'm going to make some predictions and like highlight them and put them up on Fan Vault and see how close right. I get. Basically, it's going to be La La Land wins all 14 <laughs> things that it was nominated for. Do you really so, think Ryan Gosling would win Best Actor for that? Uh, no, Casey Affleck's going to win. Um, okay. And lead actress, I think, will 
I mean, I thought it was going to be Natalie Portman for Jackie for, you know, the Golden Globes. And then right. um, Isabel Huppard uh, got it for, for Elle. So I don't I don't know. Um, we'll see. I It may get 12. <laughs> it may not. Get, <laughs> it, it's a tough year. Like there's some really great actors um, yeah. and it's a really it's a really great year for films, too. I mean, so many of these films that are nominated for Best Picture are just incredible movies. Um, so it's hard to kind of I almost wish they were separated out like they were at the, the Golden Globes because right. it's hard to compare a comedy and a drama. It's it's almost unfair. And it's La La Land is a musical, you know, against a comedy or against uh, well, none of these are, are really comedies, but um, against some, you know, really heavy, dramatic um, films. It's it's just I don't know. It seems a little unfair, but. That's just me. <laughs> it's very unfair. Well, it's it's yeah. It's just always such a different. Th- and there's so many that are nominated right. for the best picture. Um, gosh, I'm just kind of going through the list here. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh... Oh, uh, uh, Martin Scorsese's film got one for best cinematography. That was the only nomination it got. Yeah, I I didn't get to that screening, but I heard it was a very very long movie. And yeah. it was, oh, it was good, but it wasn't great. So, right. well, so there you go. Oscars. Very interesting. Well, La La Land, um, like I'm, I, I'm happy for that film. It's, uh, you should see you, it if you're happy for it. Well, I, I'm going, obviously I'm going to see it at some <laughs> point before Angus 2 is released. I will see, uh, La La Land. Um, but I saw the round table with the director of that film and everything and, and learned the stuff that he did before that. So, and he's a very likable guy. So, uh, very introverted, but obviously pretty brilliant. So, um, one thing I, I do want to mention, I've heard about this and I actually just, just looked it up. I guess, uh, the Oscars, uh, the, the, their official website posted that both Amy Adams, uh, and Tom Hanks were nominated for Oscars and they actually were not. Um, so, but they posted that they were, it's been taken down, but, um, neither one of those are up for best actor or best actress, despite what you may have seen on Oscar's official website this morning. Uh, that's interesting. Well, what were the roles that they were accidentally not actually nominated for? Um, Amy Adams, of course, was for Arrival and Tom Hanks. Right. I'm assuming was for it, for Sully. Yep. Oh, for Sully. Okay. That's what I wondered. Yeah. Amy Adams. Yeah. Even though she's in a lot of films, but all right, well, there you go. Oscars, man. <laughs> That's just weird, though. Like, why would they? I thought, why would they have the wrong? I don't know. I wonder how, how that's, uh, <laughs> that website's being run. <laughs> <laughs> Some intern got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Some intern was like, you know what? I really feel like these two should be on there. So I'm just going to add. Right. No one will know. That's <laughs> no, one, no one will know. They'll have to add them to the list. That's fun. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of movies, um, I've officially lost the La La Land bet, I think, which I said that it was eventually going to come in first, and it came in fifth this weekend at the box office. So I think I'm out of luck at this point. <laughs> well, I like how big of a deal is it now that it's nominated for all these Oscars? I guess it's not going to go all the way to one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been out too much at, at this point. Um, although, yeah. you know, there are the diehard fans such as myself that, you know, I've seen it three times and probably will see it a fourth time. Um, it's, it's still possible. I think it's probably going to hang out in the area that it's in because there's not a lot of great movies that are coming out. Um, but 
it's just I I think I need to stop making bets is what I think. <laughs> well, I, I, but to be fair, I I was like ah, I I would have bet you it would have never gotten beyond third. Yeah, it did to get honest, to second. No, it it got very close to first. Yeah. To be fair to you, it got super close. Yep. So there's that. <laughs> it's beating. It's it's still beating monster trucks. It so, is. It is. Yeah. It uh. Uh, we had Split come in first, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, which is supposed to be really, really good. Um, I Literally everyone has told me that, and I need to go see it before I have the ending ruined for me because of social media or something. Right. Um, but that came in first this weekend with $40 million, and following that was another new release, which was XXX, the, or XXX, the, the Return of Xander Cage came in with uh, 20 million and worldwide that one's actually made 70.5 million so that's almost uh, fully reclaimed its 85 million dollar production budget probably will after next weekend yeah and hidden figures came in third there was um I know down at South Lake theater here in uh, just south of Atlanta they were actually showing that movie for free on Sunday and I think there were a couple other theaters um, across the country that were doing that as well which I think is super super cool that they did that yeah um, but it, it fell to third this weekend with 16.2 million and seeing fell to fourth with uh, 9 million and of course uh, La La Land came in fifth with 8.4 million Monster Trucks uh, seventh place 7 million though Hey. It's uh, it's made twenty two hey. million to date. <laughs> Probably not going to reclaim all of that production budget. No, um, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. And then of course we had Founder opened in ninth, which was, uh, or went into wide release at at ninth with uh, three point seven million. Of course that was shot here in Georgia and focuses on the story of McDonald's and how how that got its start. So. Ooh, and actually, I'm realizing surprisingly absent from any uh, Oscar buzz, which I think it had some early. It that, did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, there was there was some talk about it, you know, being a a possible contender. But again, it's it's a year that you have so many great films that are out. It's it's super competitive. Yeah. So, um, so that's our our box office. Uh, report. I'm not seeing any films this week other than the uh, Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, and I think the the next thing that I'm signed up to see, I want to say, is Rings, which shot here um, as well. And that one was actually originally supposed to come out last year, and it got pushed. So that's generally not a good sign, um, especially for a horror film. We'll see. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's not too shabby. Well, uh, if, if you've ever taken the Atlanta movie tours, uh, uh, just regular Atlanta film sites tour, um, they shot Rings 3 or Rings, right? Yeah, is, is it, Rings. It's the third one. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they, they shot a lot of the stuff in the basement of Rexall Drugs, which is also weirdly the cover of Run, Devil, Run, an old Paul McCartney uh, album. And the guy who owns it took me and my wife Mandy down there to show us what was done. And it's like, it's pretty damn creepy down there, which actually, I'm sh- I don't know, maybe it'll be a good film. Every once in a while, a horror film will kind of surprise you with quality. Um, but it was actually pretty sweet because the tape and stuff was still on the floor where the actors were and where they had the lights hung. I mean, it's a really creepy basement. So based on that, I want to see it. Cool. Just feeling like I walked through the actual set set. So, yeah. 
Um, well, speaking of of that and and Georgia film stuff, um, SCAD's also got their television fest, ATV Fest, which starts on. Um, where's my dates? February 2nd through the 4th. And they've actually got a pretty cool lineup for this. Jennifer Morrison is going to be there from Once Upon a Time. Jenna Elfman, who I have loved since Dharma and Greg. I have no idea what she's doing now, but I loved <laughs> her on Dharma and Greg. Right. Um, and then Christina Ritchie, who has a new show that's uh, coming out on Amazon, which looks really, really incredible. Um, where's the name of it? Uh, it's a period drama called Z, the beginning of everything, in which she plays uh, Zella Fitzgerald. And it's all set, of course, in the the jazz age in the 20s. And it looks really good. So hopefully it will be as good as I think it's going to be. But I don't know if they're going to they're probably going to show it there. I assume that's why they're bringing her. But they just announced their schedule the other day and they've got a bunch of other stuff, too. Um bunch of screenings for for Georgia filmed things such as uh, 24, the new 24. Um, what else we got here? Bunch of panels. Well, if you want to check it out, you can go look through everything at atvfest.com. And I'll, I'm going to be covering that one as well. So we'll have some cool interviews from from that. Nice. Yeah. And speaking of the interviews, um, we have a, a special interview with uh, Ben Affleck from Live By Night, which also shot here in Georgia, shot down in Brunswick and Savannah. And uh, let's let's hop into that since I'm now dubbing him your man crush for some reason. I don't I don't know why I did that on Sunday. <laughs> but... <laughs> ben Affleck is, is a guy I like, but he's no Matt Damon. Maybe <laughs> that's, that's why. Just because of his proximity to Matt Damon. I know, Although that's... quick aside, the trailer for that. Uh, what is it? The Great Wall? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't uh, know with, about that. With Matt Damon. To me, I'm like, oh, good. Now Matt Damon's in a God of Egypt movie. That's that's kind of what it looks like to me. It's, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't get me pumped up. Yeah, it's uh, and I think he's spoken out about that because everyone's kind of like, why is he in this movie? Like, this is a, a story about, you know, this this really I'm assuming it's a it's a true story and it's not, you know, heavily embellished or something. I need to actually look up everything on it because I'm not too familiar with it other than I'm just like, why is he in this movie? Like, I feel like it should be an Asian actor that's that's playing this role and and not Matt Damon. Well, it looks like a a supernaturally movie, like the wall is being attacked by some crazy monsters. Okay, so not based on history. I don't think it's based (laughs) on history at all, actually. I should probably actually watch the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) No, it. uh, but one of the shots looks like it came straight out of, uh, uh, what was a Brad Pitt zombie movie? Um, uh, War of, War of the Worlds. No, that's that's. Oh, Tom no, Cruise. no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, um, ah, no. Yes. World, World War Z. World, World War Z. Z. That was Zero it. Close. I knew it had the world. World yeah. was in the title. <laughs> but uh, piles of computer animated things crawling up a wall is in the trailer of this Matt Damon film. So I don't know. Maybe 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 it'll accidentally be good. Based but on I, a true story. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this has been a fantastic setup for Matt Damon's good friend. Benefleck. There is so much great action. I love this movie. It's so much great action. Car chases, shoot 'em ups, the whole bit. I've got to ask you first, you know, if there's one, you know, favorite scene of yours, it, you know, that's an action scene and and what went into shooting that? Well, the, the the shootout scene at the end was really elaborately choreographed and put together and and designed and I'm really proud of that in the same way that I'm proud of the 
the car chase, which was, again, choreographed and storyboarded and put together bit by bit by bit, very piecemeal. And those are the things that are the hardest, and so I tend to take the most pride in that. And you're in a few of these action scenes. Is there one scene for you that just stands out that you loved? Oh, God, I liked all of them. I mean, they, uh, the, the first scene when we come into the poker game, that's a wonder that we did. I think we did about 17 or 18 takes of it. It was very... Very hard to do. It's not a big room. Uh, the camera going around us, and uh, you don't want to be the one that screws up that take. <laughs> and I was on uh, on occasion, but uh, I'm, I'm really I'm proud of that scene. That's great. Well, you know, Dennis Lehane says that the, his favorite film uh, from any of the films that have been made of his books and his works is in this movie, and it's the car on fire in the water. And could you talk a little bit about what went into that when you and your team, I mean, to create that? Because technically, that was some image that was right out of the book. And Dennis writes so visually and he writes so graphically that it's like the pictures just sort of tell themselves. And when you had that car sticking up, burning out of the pond, I thought, this is going to be a monumental image. And, and I just set the guys up to, to doing it. And we shot it. And it's Dennis's idea. It's his credit. Oh, it's worked out beautifully. It really did. Um, You've, you've said that you've been drawn to these sort of classic gangster films and so forth. And, and what do you think, you know, fascinates audiences and continues to, you know, all these years for this particular genre? I think there's something about gangster movies that are uniquely American. They're about ambition. They're about, you know, clawing your way to the top and competition. They're about betrayal. They're about grit and hard work and our belief that that, you know, can get you to where you want to go. But they're also morality tales because, you know, our protagonists don't fit necessarily our moral codes. And so they ask questions about how far would you go? How much would you push? How much do you identify with this guy? Where does he cross the line? They pose a lot of those interesting questions. And, of course, Deanna's a fascinating character here as well. And I understand you had to uh, go through a little bit of a physical uh, <laughs> reinvention. Is that yeah, the right way to put I it? I did, but, you know, in the book, he's, he's big, you know. And so next to this guy, he's tall and broad, I think. You know, I thought the only way to be the heavy was to get heavy. Uh, I put on 40 pounds, and, yeah, I had fun doing it. Fun doing it. Pain in the ass to, to let it go, but he gave me a trainer and uh, as a rap gift, and that was very helpful. <laughs> yes, it's, yeah. it's a lot more fun to put the weight on than to take it yes, off. Yes, sure. It? Exactly, is. no, for sure. Um, you know, you had an incredible cast here, including this wonderful gentleman and yourself. Um, you know, the process of putting together all these pieces uh, must have been a wonderful that you got everybody, but that must have been a challenge in itself. It was. I was lucky. I got all my first choice people, and uh, I got first choice crew, and I had an amazing bunch, and I really just was fortunate, you know, and sometimes if you get the people that you want, you're in great shape and you look great, and if you don't, you, you don't look as good because, you know, they don't reflect as well on you, so I really was lucky. Yeah, you really were. It was a, it's a terrific team. Now, you've worked with Ben a couple of times now, and uh, pretend he's not here for a moment, and talk about it working both as a fellow actor he's a pain in the ass yeah. it's true he's and a, as a director <laughs> he's a pain in the ass <laughs> no he's wonderful he's wonderful I mean there's a, you know look there's a line out the door to work with this guy uh, every actor in Hollywood would want to and, 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 and far back to New York theater everybody would be climbing to, to work with this guy he's awesome you know he knows he knows his stuff He's generous. He's kind, and he gives you the freedom to do it. Do it. You're uh, brought there to do, which is uh, 
rare, unfortunately, but he does. If you came to his set, you'd see a bunch of people having a great time. Unfortunately, there are a lot of sets where you just want to get the hell out of there, and this is a set where you just want to get back to it. At the end of the day, you were sad it was over. Absolutely. And obviously you and Dennis Lane have a, have a wonderful relationship and a kind of a connection. Besides Boston, besides all of that, why do you connect so well with his material and him? You know, Dennis just writes great characters. He writes great dialogue, and as I said before, he writes cinematically. I feel like he almost writes thinking about what his books will be like as movies. They, they're just too cinematic for him not to feel that way. And he's a guy who's worked on movies as well, and he understands films, and he understands great storytelling, and he understands that it's rooted in character. And that's... Uh, that's why I love his stuff. I would have liked to have done the book before this one, but it was just uh, the given day. But it was just too long and unwieldy. It's probably would make a great, you know, HBO, you know, four part series or something like that. Um, but it was really, really. He's somebody. He's a special writer, and he's a guy I really like. And who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky and get to do another one by him. I'm sure you will if, if it all come, if the pieces all come together. Writing, acting, directing, here you did it all. Um, you know, can you separate those things or when you do it all together? I mean, just I'm curious because there must be something about each of those things in your life. Well, that you there love. is distinct silos writing, acting, and then, you know, directing is where you sort of bring it all together, acting is its own piece as well. And then the, the union, the Venn diagram is where all those overlap and that's, that's directing. And that's where you have to, um, it's just about taste, you know, you know how to use your taste and, and decide what you think you want to see in a movie and what you don't and communicate that to people. And usually if you tell people you like something or you tell them they don't, you don't like something, they're equally grateful. People just want information. They want to know, like, where are we going? What are we doing? Where's the ship headed? If you say, don't head this way, head that way, they go, okay, I can go that way. You know, people are very um, uh, welcoming of, of direction and information, I find. And, and Chris, the, the relationship between Dion and Joe in this movie is, is very interesting. I was intrigued by it, loved watching the way it, it evolved and went through the whole thing. From your standpoint, talk a little bit about that, because it's really key to the, this, telling the story. There was a, you know, they go, they go far back, they're childhood friends, there's a love and a bond, there's a brotherhood there. And um, yeah, I was telling Ben earlier, I, I was watching Raging Bull over and over because the love of those two brothers was, it was so rich, and so deep, and that's something I really, wanted to bring to the film a love of him. I, I Chris, really love this guy, Ben, and I wanted to, I wanted to bring that into the film as, with the characters. So that was, that was Batman. Batman. <laughs> I can't even do the Batman voice. You just have to grumble. Batman. It's Batman. Batman. It's Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you know, if, if, if you were actually Batman, and you were talking to somebody with that grumbly voice, and there was so much as an air conditioner on, you would not be able to hear a word that Batman was saying. <laughs> this is true. This yeah, is true. I would, you'd be on the other end of that alley like, wait, what? What <laughs> did you say, Batman? Okay. It was, yeah, that was totally him. That was that was him talking about his movie, which uh, is not in the top ten. I don't even have it on my sheet. Uh, let, me, let me look it up really quick and see how it's been doing. <laughs> Uh, it it didn't get a lot of great buzz, and that was another one that you know they they kind of did in limited release before the end of the year, hoping that it would be 
I guess, on people's radar. Um, but that actually came in 16th this last week with 1.7 million, and it's made 9.3 million to date. So I don't think performing as well as as they had hoped. But what can well, you do? Maybe this interview will have just turned the tide for it's him. It's going to be in first next week because yeah. all uh, no one should ever trust me when it comes to betting. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know what? This is like completely unrelated, but it made me think of this because Batman versus Superman. Um, I saw this really hilarious meme online and it was Lois Lane in like a, a, she was looking at Facebook and she's got this picture of her and Superman that she's just posted and Facebook suggests that you, she tag it Clark Kent and she's having like this, oh my God moment. And I just thought that was like the <laughs> greatest meme ever. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty good. The number of times that like Facebook has known who people are when they're like in the shadows or in the middle of a sneeze, you know, and like the background of one of my photos. Yeah. It's pretty damn creepy. It is pretty uh, creepy. It's really creepy. Yeah. It's a lot better than um, on the, the new Apple OS. It has this uh, facial recognition in it where it kind of groups or attempts to very poorly group all of uh, the photos of like, you know, certain people together. So if you're, you know, looking for a photo of your friend, you can just go and, and browse through all the photos you have of this person. Yeah. Um, but it has, I'm not even kidding you, 173 different people that it thinks I am. So it's oh. not it's not very reliable. And I've tried to kind of like help it learn. And like, I don't know if it has an algorithm to, to learn if I merge stuff together. But uh, not as, as as advanced as Facebook is with the facial recognition there. No, that's, uh, that's really funny. 173 people. That's a lot of, so that's quite a range. Quite a lot a range. of Emma's. It's a lot of yeah. Emma's. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's, that's all I've got for this week. I, I head out, like I said, uh, next week for the Midnight Texas set visit, although we'll, we'll record before I head out for that. And then we'll talk about Alone in Berlin and how the opening night of the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival goes. And hopefully some other cool stuff will, will happen this week. We'll see. I like it. It sounds like a a lot of cool stuff is ahead. Yes. Yeah. So... It's good, su- good, good stuff. Good stuff is in store. Some surprises, if you will. Mmm. Surprises are good. <laughs> Especially if that surprise involves air humping and Angus. Uh, I'm just trying to, yes, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, like, <laughs> just try it all in together. Also, La La Land. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I feel like at some point we should just have like um, the Atlas t-shirts made and on the back it should just be like a, te- like a word cloud of like all this random stuff. Like air humping and La La Land and Agnes and like whatever else. <laughs> and I like, and everything Angus, will be pronounced. not Agnes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Everything will be somehow. You said I don't know wrong, how you pronounce, yeah. <laughs> how do you pronounce a word incorrectly with the word? But I think Agnes is perfect. I think that's, that's amazing. I like that, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's Angus and his grandmother, Agnes. Angus Agnes. It's so, a sequel, you know, it yeah, can happen. finally. Well, people are waiting for it. I'm certainly waiting for it. I would go see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would. <laughs> oh, well, that's all I've got for this week. How about how about you? You got anything cool coming up? Uh, well, we uh, I will say this. We actually did our first official quote shoot for uh, the idea I told you about for the next film I want to work on about the uh, people who used to own this house and cool. uh, and tell a story about that. So they came over for dinner the other night and it was uh, it was amazing to hear more about this house and 
um, and their history here and in the neighborhood. And it was, uh, it was really exciting. And look, look through some of the footage we captured. We got some really powerful stuff. So um, that's off to a good start. So this is like pretty much the biggest pre-pre-tease for a documentary ever. Well, so. that's that's cool. You should you should definitely keep us posted as you go through the process because I think that's kind of cool. Like hearing the story of you know how everything is kind of coming together and any challenges that you end up facing or surprises you end up cr- coming across. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping it, it started. It started very powerfully, which was exciting to to have happen. So yeah. But that that's the, I guess all that's coming up on that front is more of that work. Oh, well, so. cool. Yeah. Well, um, then I guess that's that's it for this week. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys again next week. Uh, thank you for listening again. My name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief at Fanbolt. Uh, my name is Jakai Mickelson, graphic artist and independent filmmaker. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. <laughs>